Well, hello, Westview. Welcome to week two of This Means War, where we study the adversary and his tactics and how we as Christians can combat him. I am Wayne Hobson, pastor of discipleship, and I have with us today a good friend, Dylan Meyer. Hey, everybody. I'm the youth pastor here at Westview, and I'm excited to be joining Wayne as we talk today. So we've been... Um, offering an opportunity for you guys to ask us questions after sermons. And that's kind of what the goal of this podcast is, is to flesh out those questions. And so week one, we really didn't answer any because we didn't want to steal Eric's thunder. And Eric did a phenomenal job this last week of describing um, for us the covert opponent. Um, And so that's kind of what we're going to hop into today is fleshing out a few questions that kind of reference him. And so one of those questions that we're going to address directly is why didn't God kill Satan? And so I think to do that, we probably need to address the unwritten question of where, where did Satan come from? Yes, Dylan. So scholars are kind of torn on exactly what the origin of Satan is. What we do know is that he for sure was a created being. Uh, that he had a specific purpose in God's plan. But what we can tell about him is that at some point he fell in the sight of God, meaning he sinned against the will of God, and he was banished from heaven, from being in God's eternal presence. What Scripture tells us, especially in Luke chapter 10, is uh, Jesus declares that he saw Satan fall to the earth as lightning. So that indicates that Satan was a heavenly being at one point. He was banished from heaven. He fell to the earth, and he's been wreaking havoc ever since. Now, why didn't God destroy him? Though we're not totally sure on that, on why God didn't just kill him. But what we can determine is that he had free will. Mm. And if Satan had free will the same way you and I do as human beings, then what that tells us is that God gave him a choice just like God gives us a choice. And maybe one of the purposes for Satan is for us as human beings to have the choice to do right or wrong, good or evil. Mm. There has to be evil for us to be able to choose to do good. So perhaps Satan is God's quote-unquote tool um, because we know that he does not, as Pastor Eric made it very clear, he does not have omnipotence and he is not omnipresent. He has to go about doing his work, going from place to place. So that tells us right there he has to expand his territory. How does he do that? And why does he do that? Because God allows us to have that choice. We give him either more power or less power in our lives. And God wants us to decide to serve him. Yeah, and I think some of the, I don't don't know about you, Wayne, but when I was kind of diving into trying to wrestle with this question and trying to figure out where does Satan come from, I was looking for strong scriptural references, looking for for credible sources to go at this and to understand. And I think some of the reasons that we're not 100% certain, like where did he come from, how did he come to be, is because scripture doesn't 
tell us exactly what happened. Um, a lot of what we believe, actually, or, or what, well, rather, what we think, not necessarily what we believe, comes from um, culture or faith tradition or folklore, as we were talking about just earlier today, yes. or even um, apocrypha, which would be things that are outside of Scripture, um, sometimes written in the same era of Scripture, but not considered a part of the Bible that we consider to be credible for a variety of different reasons, as why we vet those and, and source them, and that's how they became um, a portion of the scripture that we know and trust. Um, but I think some of the same reasons that we don't know exactly how Satan came to be is the exact reason why the context of scripture tells us maybe why God didn't kill him, is that the purpose of scripture was to reveal who God is and to reveal his character. Yes. And so I think that is probably our best evidence as to why God did not kill Satan, is because he has um, a loving and gracious character. It's just... But it's gracious, and I don't, maybe that is, is helpful to understand maybe why he didn't mm -hmm. kill Satan, is the context of his character just doesn't really match up with that. Yeah, yeah, because we think about the fact that God is a loving father. So Satan is still his son, the same way we are sons and daughters of God. Not in the same context in which we became sons and daughters of God by adoption through the death and shedding of Jesus' blood. Mm. He, however, was created in that context to be directly a son of God through creation while we are sons and daughters through adoption. So in that same context, we have to look at Satan as still being something that God loves to some degree. It, now, there's a cutoff point to his authority and his power and his mm -hmm. reign over the earth, the world as we know it. But to your point, Dylan, uh, I think we have to consider the fact that with God's love, uh, there's an extension of grace. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I'm, I almost all, to your point earlier, too, is that Satan to, to a, is, is a means to an end. He's a, he's a tool um, as we as we wrestle with some of the things that he throws our way, presents opportunities at times for us to draw nearer to God. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what is the next question that we have? Because I think there's a good one coming up. That's yeah, deep. yeah. So this one I, it kind of provokes some wrestling because. Um, there's aspects to both sides of it, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, is that a lot of times we're taught that if we acknowledge Satan, if we recognize his existence, talk about him, study him, do anything that kind of um, points to him, we're giving him more credit than, or even more power than he's due. Mm, wow. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a church system where um, Satan was not talked about very much at all as well. Um, and so I can definitely empathize uh, with this question, with the person who asked this question. My first thought would be uh, that whenever we are at war, and we do need to make sure we are all aware that we are at war with Satan uh, as our adversary, as our enemy, we need to know the enemy, the enemy's tactics, even the enemy's battle plans if possible. Mm -hmm. 
even this coming week, uh, we'll be looking at an incident that happened in 2 Kings chapter 6 involving the prophet Elisha uh, and the king of Israel going up against the enemy who happened to be the king of Syria. Uh, one of the reasons why Israel was victorious is because they knew the battle plans of the king of Syria. Well, it's the same thing with us, with Satan. We have to acknowledge that he exists so that we understand our foe. And then, therefore, we can defeat him by knowledge about mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we're not giving him credit, but we are giving him uh, recognition. Yeah, uh, and I think when you look at those two phrases, giving him credit versus giving him recognition, we understand that when we recognize who he is, how he works, we're better able to defeat him. Yeah, and I think there's, there's a difference there in what you're saying. is like an awareness of him draws his darkness into the light. It exposes him. The awareness of him exposes him for what he's doing. Um, rather than sometimes I think when we start to maybe toe that line of giving him more credit is when we begin to fear him because fearing mm -hmm. him flatters yes. him. Yes. Yeah, great point. Um, think about in Scripture, the Bible tells us to only fear the Lord. It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what does that tell us about the adversary? It means we are not to fear him. Mm. We are to be aware, beware which is a shorter way of saying, be aware of him, but do not fear him. He is conquered. He's already defeated by the power of the cross and the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, makes a lot of sense to me. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to toe that line of, well, how much, how much awareness do I give him rather than what is, what is towing mm. the line of giving him credit? And I think... Some of that is just recognizing that in all times and in all places that we need not fear him because yeah. of who we go with, which, I mean, we've talked about several times in the sermon series already is, um, I think it's the, the verse from First John, I'm greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And I think that is the greatest litmus test of how much awareness, how much credit am I giving Satan as well? Yeah. Am, am I beginning to fear him? Because we don't need to. We have the victory of Christ in us, and his presence goes with us. And if we have that, we can be aware of him, but we don't need to fear him. Yeah, amen to all of that. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things we have to consider as believers is that we are on the winning side. We don't have to figure out, will we win this battle? The battle's already won for us. Again, that phrase that we've been uh, using throughout the series is that we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Which, I mean, I guess that we have time for it if we want to. We could lean into another question is how, how do we fight Satan? And, I mean, we've just... Uh, We've probably referenced that a couple times just now, which with that being said, Eric did a phenomenal job of, of addressing that when he, when he spoke from James, talking about if we resist the devil, he will flee. Yes. But in that is a secondary action step that if we draw near to Christ, he draws near to us. And I think that is one of the best things that we can do in terms of being aware of what Satan is doing is, 
is like, mm -hmm. like Eric said, be so full of the truth that we instantly recognize a lie or being so yeah. full that there is no more room for a lie. That, I think, is one of the ways in which we fight him. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the two keys we can look at is um, our prayer, number one, because that's drawing closer to God. Mm -hmm. That's how we draw close to Christ. Uh, by approaching the throne of grace, and I love that phrase that Paul used about, you know, boldly, uh, approaching the throne of grace or prayer, that allows us to be able to have direct communication with the Father, mm. the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That alone empowers us. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have, of course, a prayer guide available. It was uh, in our newsletter, so please look for that link, Pastor. Deb Klutz did a fantastic mm. job of providing us uh, with some guidance for how to pray and what to pray for. Uh, the other thing, and Dylan, you hit on this, and it, uh, it has to be reiterated because Pastor Eric did as well. Know the scriptures. Mm. By knowing the scriptures, that is how we defeat Satan. The same way Jesus did when he was tempted in uh, the wilderness. Remember, Jesus would quote scripture. Where uh, Satan said to him, Hey, you're hungry, so turn these stones into bread. Jesus' response is, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know, so when we look at quoting scripture back to when we're tempted uh, or when the adversary is coming up against us, that is again another way which we draw closer to God mm. because what's the best way to know God? You know, as you said earlier, Dylan, it's by knowing God's character. Mm. How do we know his character? Scripture. So I think those are two key ways to fight, to fight Satan. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important sometimes to make that distinction is that the, the power does not necessarily comes from scripture itself, but the God who breathed that yes. scripture into being. Yes. Uh, we're not protected specifically by scripture. We're protected right. by the God that wrote scripture. Right. And so all of the things that sometimes we jump to when we speak to prayer, when we speak to scripture, when we speak to spiritual disciplines, those are means to connect to God mm -hmm. and drawing nearer to him. That is the ultimate goal. Yes. And they are, there's extreme value in that. Don't hear me say that there's not extreme value in Scripture because it is God-breathed, mm -hmm. and I believe that with everything that I am. But I think the reason that it's so important is because of who wrote it, not necessarily because of what it is specifically. And I think drawing near to him, that's, that's the win. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The Bible is not to be, um, quote-unquote, a good luck charm or, you know, um, some type of instrument that can be seen as a talisman, you know, because that, those are, again, the things that the enemy would love us to do is worship Scripture, worship certain things. But our goal is to worship God, and we're just saying that through prayer and Scripture are two of the ways, not the only ways, but mm. two of the ways that we can get closer to God. Amen. Yeah, which is exciting as we prepare for this next week when we talk about the battlefield is we can wage this war and, and really 
really cool ways as God invites us into supernatural things, but also I think a lot of times we wage this war in the ordinary ways that we interact with God every day. Sometimes we, we gloss over them as something that's mundane, but waking up and spending a moment in the presence of God, is that is one of the ways in which we wage war with him, and that, I think that's really cool. Amen. Well, hey, I think that's about all we have time for today. However, we want to just prepare you again for looking at how we approach the enemy and how we deal the enemy with the enemy because the enemy will approach us. Make no mistake about it. This means war is a way of equipping all of us as believers with that knowledge that the enemy, Satan, will come up against us and we are given in Ephesians chapter 6 a list of weapons to be able to combat him, including the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the, bro- the breastplate of righteousness, the sword, which is the word of God. You know, all of those things that Paul listed for us, those are ways in which we can also be prepared to fight Satan. So. With that, we say God bless you, and we will talk with you again next week. Keep those questions coming.